I would do what I do no matter what. I'm interested in these things and I read about these things and I explore these things because I'm just passionate about what I do. This is what I wake up in the morning and think about. Amen. If you see the mind as part of the equation to what you would call life um, satisfaction and success, then it's got to be somewhere where you show up and that you do the things that are healthy and valuable and good for you. We way oversell intensity and, and, and magnitude and we way undersell consistency. I call it mindset workouts, actually. I love that. You I know, love it. so because I want to just get out of the idea that of, of meditation and, and mindfulness, mm-hmm. not because they're bad, but because some people have a connotation that they place with it. Um, but people know what a workout is. Mm-hmm. I don't know a workout for your brain that would be better than this. Mm-hmm. So why would we not do it? Welcome to United Conversations for Student-Athletes, a Holinsky's Hope-powered podcast supporting the mental health of student-athletes. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Nicholson. The United podcast is focused on supporting the mental health of athletes. Performance and performance in sport is a really important part of who athletes are. It's not who athletes are, but it's a part of. And Taking care of your mental health, very, very important. We've established that. Taking care of your performance, also important. And where you look for help with that is important. It can be very confusing, the difference between a sports psychologist and a performance consultant. And performance consultants often are trained in sport psychology. It's, it's so confusing. Well, today I have somebody that I've worked with here when when he has come to Ole Miss to work with teams. Today we have Stu Singer. His uh, practice is called Well Performance, Keeping Your Head in the Game, and he is a performance psychology coach. And we're going to have just that conversation and then also get into some of his really cool approaches to performance enhancement. So Stu Singer has been doing this work for (laughs) over a dozen years. He's uh, worked in the NBA, the WNBA, NCAA Division I with loads of teams, MLS, NWSL, men and women's national team members, USA Olympic gold medalist. He's been an integral staff member for a WNBA championship, two NCAA Final Fours, five Big Ten championships. I could go on and on because he has been doing great work with elite um, and high-level athletes for a long time. And we're going to talk about how his work is similar and different to mine and how uh, both um, professionals, uh, both professions can uh, help athletes with their mental health and performance. So his approach is really cool because uh, he talks about mental performance skills for athletes and he structured it, structures it in terms of mental fitness. And when you do that intentional practice of mindfulness of mental skills, it's like reps. So when we go to the gym, we're working on our strength, for example, and 
I get to a place where, you know, maybe I've met some goals. I don't stop going to the gym because I've gotten strong. I go to the gym to maintain that strength or even improve in different areas. And it's so much the same in mental skills that you can't get to a place and then stop. You maintain them and you maintain your mental fitness. So this is a great approach. We've talked about it before with Dr. Alex Auerbach um, here on United. And so I'm excited to dive a little bit deeper into that. Uh, He has the mindfulness-based performance psychology app that he's created. And in this app, uh, users can go through mindset workouts. And uh, that's really cool too. So we're going to talk about all that. We're going to cover a lot of ground. So let's get going with today's conversation with Well Performance with Stu Singer. Stu, welcome to United. Thank you for having me on here, Josie. I am stoked to have the conversation, and we are actually in um, a basketball practice facility, which is cool. There'll be some basketball. It'll it'll feel very sporty. Yeah, we may have some interruption, but in our world, this is what the office sounds like. This is why I love my job. Yep. You know, and the other cool thing is that you are the first guest on United to be in person with me while we record. It's an honor. Yes. It's an honor. But it's very different. It is different. Yeah. It is different, but cool. It is. It is cool. And it's, I mean, it's very different because I think this is the way that we're wired. You know, the social connection, the in-person thing, Zoom just doesn't get it. Mm-hmm. In fact, mm-hmm. Zoom at this point. <laughs> can be tough. It can be tough. Pretty nauseating at times. So this is super cool. So thank you. Absolutely. My pleasure. Yeah. Looking forward to it. So one of the things that I wanted us to talk about together mm-hmm. is about um, the difference between sports psychologist or a psychologist that is a licensed mental health professional that mm-hmm. works in sport mm-hmm. and somebody that comes in and works with teams, individuals on the mental side of the game, mm-hmm. you know, tons of different titles, whether it's mm-hmm. peak performance coach or, you know, performance specialist. Um, what, what do you prefer? Oh, wow. I I just look at myself as a performance psychology coach. I like that. Yeah. 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 And uh, AKA Stu. Yeah. AKA (laughs) Stu. That's exactly right. That's often all I need. Call me that. Yeah. So the way I teach it in my class is like, so I'm a licensed psychologist, mental health professional. I have specialty training Mm -hmm. in sports psychology and performance enhancement. Um, So when somebody comes to me and, you know, we're going to talk about confidence, it may or may not kind of dip into Mm -hmm. personal, maybe even clinical issues. There's performance anxiety Mm -hmm. and like nerves. And then there's clinical anxiety that's, you know, more generalized. Mm -hmm. They're across all phases of life and panic attacks and stuff like that. So for my work, sometimes it does dip into that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes they just come for that, come Mm -hmm. for the mental health. Mm -hmm. I think that's super important Mm -hmm. um, for athletes to take care of their mental health because it does affect their performance. 100%. Yeah. But then how would you describe what you do? Yeah. um, And I explain it to all the teams that I work with that I, I look at this, the world of, you know, if we put the big umbrella of mental health. Uh, over all of this. It's a, it's a big continuum. And on one end of it, we may have, you know, 
clinical mental health needs. So that is going to be when we're talking diagnosed anxiety, diagnosed depression, bipolar, what have you. And it needs somebody that's a clinical um, and licensed mental health specialist. And there's nothing wrong with that part of you. If that's where you are at this moment and that's what's needed, then let's do it. And it's great. And it's great for you. Then, you know, as we slide along the continuum a little bit, like somewhere in the middle, let's say, is life challenges. You know, life just has challenges. So I might be in a challenging moment, um, whether it's bad breakup, whether it's uh, not sleeping this week very well. I got a lot of tests, so I have a ton of stress this week. Yeah. Kind of like the downside of the ups and downs of life. 100%, right? That's the valley that you're in at that moment. And then at the maybe the high end of the of the continuum is, you know, what we might call, you know, just like high performance mindset. And in that phase, we're still taking care of our mind, we're doing it regularly. And we may not even feel bad. In fact, hopefully, when we're in that state, we're, we're feeling pretty good, we're feeling very healthy, Mm -hmm. which doesn't mean we should stop, right? Right. We We should keep going. Yeah. And at any one point, any of us can be on any part of that continuum. doesn't make us good. doesn't make us bad. It just makes us human. Human. And, and in fact, over a lifetime, most people are going to be somewhere on that at some given point. And what we're saying, and what I try to say is my work is, is typically not at the, the the far end of the, of the continuum where it's clinical work. Mm -hmm. It's in, you know, helping you with kind of daily struggles and then also performance-based struggles and then, hey, when we reach that place where we're feeling pretty good and we're doing the right things for ourselves, let's stay with it because now we know what got us there. So it's kind of like that, you know, you're in that place of mental wellness or mental fitness at that point. And the way to stay fit is to keep exercising, right? And this yeah. is just an exercising the mind rather than the body. Um, but it's the same principles. Yeah. And the good part is we hope that if we're doing the right mental wellness, mental fitness, that will probably just skew ourselves more often to that end. Doesn't mean that we can't ever have that dip. It just means that we'll skew ourselves more often there. And that's kind of where I want to be. So I'm almost wanting to jump to our discussion <laughs> of the, the mind gym that we yep. connected on uh, so thoroughly and have like very similar outlooks on. So it's hard to not run away to that, <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, yeah. but I want to stay with Skip the too ahead. I know. Too far ahead. <laughs> I know. But um, so people can have both. You can, you know, um, be working on your performance with a performance coach, which with mm-hmm. a sports psychology professional <clears throat> and working with a um, mental health professional, you know, whether it's clinical issues or just personal issues, mm-hmm. maybe you don't want to mix the two, mm-hmm. whatever it is. So you can have both. And I think that's fantastic. Right. I mean, that's what I try to say all the time. Awesome. That's great. Like, this is the way we should be looking at this. This is part of the, you know, us trying to end the stigma around this concept. Like you can both be like, have moments where you want to perform great and, and, and from a body perspective, let's say, okay. Which doesn't mean we're sick, Mm -hmm. right. But you're doing things to, to help your body. And then there are times where you're doing things to help your body and your body might be sick. Yeah. And that's okay. Like those things happen. Yeah. And if we can accept that physically, there's no reason we shouldn't be able to to accept that mentally. For sure. What would you think about, and I haven't thought it through, 
but this is like my process uh, is yep. to put it out here. Yep, yep. What do you think about an analogy of a chiropractor versus somebody? So a chiropractor is like, some people go multiple times a week. Mm-hmm. Some people go and they'll experience some problems with their back. They'll go to a chiropractor, get it sorted out. And mm-hmm. then, you know, go for maintenance mm-hmm. to feel good. They'll mm-hmm. say like, you're going to the chiropractor. And they're like, yeah, if I don't, I, yeah. fe- I don't feel great. Mm-hmm. I don't do great. I don't function as highly as I could. Mm-hmm. And then the chiropractor that's working, if they start to see problems, like this may be more, more pathological, mm-hmm. they would say, Hey, I think you need to check in with, with an yep. orthopedist mm-hmm. and, you know, orthopedists refer to chiropractors mm-hmm. like, Hey, I think this would be a great way to maintain, you know, some of the stuff. So it's kind of works in conjunction like that. What, what do you think about that analogy? Yeah, I mean, I think that makes total sense. And in fact, I think that we could even take it a step further, right? And you could throw in nutritionists into mm. that. You could, mm-hmm. you could throw uh, strength coaches into it, right? Because really what we're trying to say, you know, from a full, yeah. you know, physical uh, analogy, we're really just trying to say, hey, all of these things create health. Yes. You are a whole person. You're a whole person. Right. And so this is what it looks like to surround yourself with all the right resources and Mm. do all the right things. Now, every once in a while, something can move from this is the specialist that's most appropriate Mm -hmm. for this and into no, now this is the specialist, but one doesn't have to be more relevant or more important than the other. It's just now it's this phase. If you think about athlete injury, right? And Mm -hmm. at some point it's the orthopedic surgeon that, you know, corrects the ACL tear, but then it turns into the PT. And then at some point down the line, the athletic trainer, and then at some point down the line, it goes to, goes to the, um, maybe just the strength coach. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that it's at during all of that, that there's not a connection between all, all four of those areas. That's um, so vital. And, and, and every one of them is relevant. It's not, yeah. it's not like one's more relevant than the other. It's just, they're all relevant. And then the individual that's getting treated has to say, okay, this is the phase I'm in and I'm all in and committed to this phase of it. And that's yeah. probably going to get the best results. And it doesn't yeah. have to be more complicated than that. No, it doesn't. The cool thing about many, not all, but many of our, especially um, big universities, Power Five, Mm -hmm. the athletes have all these resources that they can Mm -hmm. utilize and surround themselves. It is kind of like if I'm an athlete today at, you know, big school, I have Team Josie, Mm -hmm. you know, and I have all these resources and they're going to work together to make sure that mm-hmm. I am supported the whole athlete. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe my nutritionist is talking with my doctor or athletic trainer mm-hmm. is talking with the PT and the strength coach, mm-hmm. they all work together mm-hmm. and it's really cool. And I think that you and I are kind of, you know, obviously our roles when we are working together, like with teams at Ole Miss overlap, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. And it can be interesting because you and I both kind of have this, we need to have the trust of the athlete and make sure things are, you know, that they say are private and confidential Mm -hmm. and they have to trust that we're not going to go to this person when it's not necessary Mm -hmm. and this person. And so that's kind of an interesting aspect of it. 
and and we have to work really closely with the athletes on that. Yep. Yeah. And, and, you know, you lay it out all ahead of time so that they understand, you know, where the, the absolute cutoff points are and, um, and then, you know, just working with them and, and being able to say, Hey, you know, this is to me something that needs to go a little bit further. How do you want to handle this? You know, where, where do we want to go? How do we have this conversation? But, you know, I'm, I'm highly recommending that you would see an on-campus therapist at this point, yeah. you know, and so let's make that connection or what have you. And, you know, again, at the end of the day, it's all about relationship building and trust building. And it's really without those things, we're not going to be effective. And so you have yeah. to have those things in place. Stu, do you feel like I do that this is the coolest job on the planet? <laughs> because I am relational. <laughs> And I dig on creating new relationships and that's what I get to do for a living Yes, with really cool people. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's funny. One of my conversations with one of the players yesterday was around being passionate about the sport, right? So like, if you really want to achieve maybe and even get to even a higher level than, than power five division one sport, you know, which means you're looking to become a pro you you kind of have to love it, right? Yeah. I mean, you have to love it because A, it will be difficult. It'll be challenging. There'll be days where it's really, really difficult. And without that, those down days and those challenging moments can be like, well, why am I putting myself through this? Yeah. And I said, that's me, except what I do. Like I would do what I do no matter what, I'm interested in these things. And I read about these things and I explore these things because I'm just passionate about what I do. Yeah. This is what I wake up in the morning and think about. Amen. <laughs> and I'm just lucky that I can make it a career then, yeah. right? Like oh I can, I can, you know, make this something that helps my family, but like at the end of the day, this is what I want to do. So the travel and, the, mm -hmm. you know, and the difficult moments and, you know, and being away from my family so that I can do this at times. Those are the sacrifices that you, you do have to make as mm -hmm. part of it, but that you can handle because of the fact that you got the passion and, and love for what you do. But if you don't, then, then it won't be worth it and you right. won't pursue it. No, you know, my kids are, they, well, my oldest is at the age where he started to say, why do you have to go to work? Or mm -hmm. why do you have to travel? Why mm -hmm. do you have to go out of town? And um, the instinct is to be like, because I want to send you to the school and you <laughs> want these mm -hmm. toys and you want to do these activities and all that. And so I do say those things, but I also say, and because I love it, I love my job. I miss you when I'm gone. And I actually like missing mm -hmm. people because mm -hmm. it reminds me of how much I love that relationship. And so it's, there's some ideas that, you know, you, you do what you love, but then you got to work, mm -hmm. but you can right. love your work. hundred percent. Yeah. It is very cool. so I've been, I've been doing a lot of, um, not a lot, but a portion of, uh, like executive coaching mm -hmm. and it's around, honestly, that's the topic is yeah. so many of these people are, they've, they've made their way to the top of their industry, their field, and they're just not happy. Not loving it. And it's because they've always seen work as this thing. That's not supposed to be your passion, your interest, your, what do you wake up to do? It doesn't align with your core values, what have you, but it's a way to, you know, make ends meet. Yeah. Um, and then you start making ends meet and then some, you yeah. know, as, as these people have reached. 
and they still find like, wow, but I'm not waking up happy. I'm not waking up fulfilled. And, you know, that's the nature of a lot of this work is to be able to say, you get to design your life. Mm-hmm. There are roadblocks. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you, you are the roadblock and let's, let's explore this a little bit and start talking about ways where we can change this. And it's, I love that work as well. I really do. That's fun work as well. Yes. Yeah. Cause you can actually bring passion into what you're doing without expecting that work is going to give it to you. Like, yeah. I try to use um, my own mental models. Like how do like life's complicated, life's difficult. So like, I have to have a system as to like, how do I ground myself to, how do I want to focus on something? And one of the things that I've learned is that when I get focused on like on what is my contract, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. paying me, how much um, credit am I being being given, mm-hmm. you know, are people recognizing my contribution? I don't feel good. Yeah. I don't feel good. Yeah. Like I'm not happy. My mental model is the more I help, the better all these, those, those things kind of become the byproduct, mm-hmm. right? Like the contracts come, the, the recognition, if it, you know, like in an article, you yeah. know, or just a, athlete or a coach just mentioning to somebody else, Hey, it was really impactful. It was good. Do I love those things? Yeah. I love yeah, those things, but they're the background. They're the byproduct of being really clear about what it is that I actually started with, why I do this, what fulfills me. And then I, I can just let those things happen. And that to me also then translates to athletes that I'm working with. Like, Yes, recognition, reward, you know, being, you know, named all conference. Yeah, it's important, but that's not your focus. Yeah. That's not your focus. What are the things that make you great? How do you ground yourself each day? How do you manage your stress? Um, You know, what is it that you love to be as a teammate? Mm -hmm. Let those things be the the things and, and the rewards and recognition come as a byproduct, you know points and statistics come as the byproduct so we kind of let go of those and try to focus more deeply you know and it's the old you know focus on the process not the outcome really simple to say not always easy to do and so that's where the work comes in there was an interesting really short article that just kind of summarized some research and it was it was actually in uh, like business journal Mm -hmm. maybe forbes but it talked about burnout Mm -hmm. and how Mm -hmm. the people that tend to be more burned out and more quickly are those that are driven by achievement. Mm-hmm. Um, and those that are doing the work for the love of what they do and are have connected mm-hmm. within their field mm-hmm. and their office and their environment are the ones that kind of avoid that burnout. So misunderstood. You know, I think society to a certain level sells a, a fake narrative that, yeah. that achievement will will be what fulfills you um and i use the uh example real quick of 2019 working with the washington mystics and WNBA, and this had been year six at that point that i've been or maybe five that i've been working there so it was like this progression we win the WNBA championship and it felt awesome 
Yeah. Uh, the people were great. The players were great. The the coaching staff was great. The 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 vibe between the players was great. The the vibe really between the coaching staff and the players and the players and the and the uh, coaching staff to the players. Like it was it was the way something great should be. Mm-hmm. The next day I was on a plane. Three days later I was on a college campus working with a college program that I was working with at the time. And as great as that high was, my life literally did not change. Like I was Mm -hmm. literally back at it within a couple of days. And it was a great example, a wonderful one. And I love it. And it's, it's, it's not a, this isn't a negative example, but, but the reality of it is, is that, you know, this achievement idea is that once you reach certain level of achievement, then you're going to be satisfied. The reality is you'll just adjust to it. And now want more achievement in a weird way. It's a little bit like addiction um, where we, we want it, we want it, we want it. It satisfies us. And then, and then we get it. And then quickly it no longer satisfies us and we need more. And that's where the lack of fulfillment comes in. Whereas somebody that does it for like, man, this is what I'm about. These are my core principles. Um, I love doing this with these people is that's why that doesn't feel like burning. Yeah. So important. Well, speaking of not getting burned out, now <laughs> yep. I am stoked to talk about this model. And we, you know, I shared with you that I had Dr. Alex Auerbach mm-hmm. on, and uh, we talked about this. But it's it's so important. Um, you know, we go to the gym because yep. we want to be strong. Now, if I don't see myself as strong. I'm going to go to the gym to get that way. Mm-hmm. If I do see myself as strong, I'm going to go to the gym to stay that way. Mm-hmm. So talk a little bit about the model that you and I both share, but your packaging of that model. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I, I just look at it literally as, as you just laid out, like there shouldn't be a start point and, and, and a pure end point to this. If you want to stay healthy and flexible and strong for your lifetime, you do things that allow you to be healthy, flexible, and strong, right? And the moment that you stop, you are probably no longer giving the right attention to those things and it will slowly deteriorate. No judgment in that. I'm not saying that everybody has to value it the same exact way, but if this is something that you value, if you, if you look at the mind as being like essential to part of happiness, if you see the mind as part of the equation to what you would call life um, satisfaction and success, then it's got to be somewhere where you show up and that you do the things that are healthy and valuable and good for you. Um, And for me, just, you know, stating mine is like, I do my mindfulness every single morning and I have for over a decade, not because today is particularly bad. In fact, today is awesome but I won't miss because it is the way I want to start my day, period. I know what it does for me. I know how it grounds me. I know how it gives me clarity. I know how it gives me mental flexibility. And so I'm going to do that, not because I'm sick, not because I don't feel good, not because I'm not even fulfilled or happy, but because I know it is foundational in the process of all those things for me. And so I'm going to do that. You know, and I'm going to trust in it and I'm going to find it to be a great part of my day. But I also use exercise many ways, that same exact way. Exercise is a part of my life routine uh, because physical health matters to me also. 
and I find it to be stress relieving to do it. So you combine these, you know, healthy routines and habits and you have strength, you know, whatever, however you want to define strength, whether you want to define it in a, in a physical way or a mental way. um, My hope is that you define it as a combination of those two things, but that's how we get there. There is no Mm -hmm. shortcut. There's no hack to it, Um, but it's wonderful when you're in it. It's wonderful. And it doesn't have to be intense. I think sometimes people think I'm either training for a marathon or nothing. Yeah. No, get out and walk five days a week for 30 minutes. Yeah. Take your dog, take your spouse, take your friend, who cares? Just get out and move. Mm -hmm. You will find physical benefits, but you'll also feel mental benefits from that. So Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be about this massive things, right? We we way oversell intensity and, and, and magnitude. And we weigh undersell consistency, mm-hmm. like consistency of short but effective doses and amounts is probably infinitely more important than the incredible one day, two day, two week workout. Yeah. You know, my tweet about that is that consistently good is better than inconsistently great. Yes. And that goes for, you know, if I once in a blue moon had this amazing meditation session that was half an hour and then I wait for another six weeks or I'm feeling anxious or whatever, it's just not, it's not preventative. It doesn't build, like if I have a great workout session, that's great. But if I don't go back, I really just hurt myself. Yeah. You just had like one great workout. Yeah. But it's not, it will not change all the other, like, let's say the actual benchmark data points that you want that indicate health. Right. Right. Mm -hmm. Man, we under, we undersell, we undersell consistency. Well, and, and here's the thing. Uh, So I run, I don't enjoy running. Mm -hmm. I really enjoy having run. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, and some days it is really, really hard. It is hard to keep it up. It's yep. hard to do it. Yep. And these mental skills are no different. In fact, yes. I think they're harder because nobody is going to be like, I saw you, you know, yeah. doing your mindfulness. That <laughs> right, was awesome. Right, right, right. And like, you know, and some people may say to different people, like, Oh, you look like you work out. Nobody's going to be like, Oh, you look like you do mindfulness. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> right. Know? Right. And it's misunderstood. Right. Yeah. Because people hear like, you know, um, I call it mindset workouts, actually. I love that. You I know, love it. so because I want to just get out of the idea that of, of meditation and, and mindfulness, mm-hmm. not because they're bad, but because some people have a connotation that they place with it. Um, but people know what a workout is. Mm-hmm. And when I'm talking to anybody that I'm trying to convince to, to begin uh, their practice, which is literally anybody and everybody that I speak to about any of this is that, well, then I don't know an exercise. I don't know a workout for your brain that would be better than this. Mm-hmm. So why would we not do it? Hard part, consistency. Mm-hmm. People, all people struggle with consistency. So my job is to both give a, just enough space to say, all right, like, you're just human. So you missed a day. That's okay. And just enough, you know, accountability where, okay, but tomorrow we're going to get right back on this. Yes. And to me, that's the balance of my, you know, my role. I mean, obviously I hope that I do more than just that piece, but like, that's a balanced part of my role is to be able to say, 
I'm not here to judge you and get angry with you and yell at you. That's not my goal. It's not my job. While at the same time, I am going to hold you accountable and or I'm going to ask you questions as to why not. Right. Yeah. Like if like maybe What's there's the yeah, maybe there's some valid reason and or um, even and if even if there is a valid reason, we, we still can potentially work around it. Yeah, maybe it's an obstacle that together we can figure out yeah. how to clear, you know, and so but but it's that important. It's that yeah. important. And it stretches you out of your comfort zone. It certainly does. It isn't because I think people think of mindfulness and they're like, you know, oh, I don't need 10 minutes where I relax. And it's right. not that it's because not. it is it is a practice that again is a workout and it can be kind of boring. And that is the thing that makes it a workout. A challenge, yes. right? Like that to me is the it's the one piece of feedback that you get so often. I'm bad yes. at this. Oh, that's I'm not bad a thing. at this. Or I'm not, it's not doing anything for me. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. What you're really saying right now is like you're finding out it is not a passive activity. Yeah. It's it's an it's an engaged activity mm-hmm. that you actually are going to struggle with until you realize that the struggle itself is the activity. Like yes. it's, it's okay to be in struggle with this. In fact, there's no one, at least that I know, I know, put it this way, I'll just say for me. I don't ever not struggle. I, yeah. Every day that I do it, it is, damn, look at my mind. It won't stay still. Yeah. Every day for yeah. 10 plus years. Yeah. And I, and, but I've come to value that experience. The insight that it provides me is uh, invaluable. Yeah. Um, you know, and then you can start to play with it a little bit. You can go longer. You can do different ways. You can find different spaces. Like one of my ultimate is vacation and, mm. and finding great really cool spaces that i'm going to do my my practice in and so instead of saying i'm on vacation i'm not going to do it i actually look forward to it as like an enhancer to the vacation experience and again it's 10 minutes like so what i'm i'm an early riser i get up most of the time i'm up before the rest of the house is up anyways so i'm done with it and i love it not oh shit i got to do this but it's something i love so that i hope is how it ends up being and and so for some of my clients over the years that's the experience that they start to get. And honestly, there's a feeling of like pride and like unbelievable, like I feel joy knowing because I know what that then does for their life. Right. Right. Why would you go, if you had a, a strength coach, for example, that <laughs> you, you went to several times, but you never left feeling like, man, that was a hard workout mm-hmm. or man, I'm sore for that, mm-hmm. like appropriately sore. Why would you keep going? Right. And that's the way, you know, mindfulness practice and a lot of different mental skills that you're going to practice. Totally. Right. Like, Visualization's hard. Oh my like, gosh. I, like I struggle to this day yeah. being good at it. Do I think it's good for you? Yep. Yeah. I still do. Right. And I think there's not necessarily I'm bad at it or I'm good at it. I think there's different starting points. Yeah. And, you know, the, the process, I mean, you know, it, it's kind of like, are you bad at being challenged? I mean, right. how do you respond? How right. do you, you know, so it's uh, it's such a great way to, to see it. Well, and, and so you're bringing up a great point there because ultimately bad at being challenged really means how much do you resist being uncomfortable? Yes. Right. Yeah. Like that's a different way of framing it. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can start to like explore that a little bit. Like, well, why, what are yeah. your thoughts about being challenged or being uncomfortable or struggling with something 
And then you gain that insight. And then mindfulness helps you gain deeper insight. So it's like working with that. And then at some point you start to lean into struggle because you realize yeah. that struggle is where growth happens. And like, that's a powerful moment. Yeah. But it's all this like slow but sure steps in diving a little bit more deeply rather than just saying, well, I'm not good at this or I don't like right. that movement, you know, so I'm not going to go to that. Maybe that movement's the exact movement mm -hmm. that that strength coach is actually saying to you, this is the one that's going to yeah. be kind of like the foundational strength movement for you because yeah. that's actually where you're weak at the moment. Yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. And I will admit that there are plenty of times I say, I am tired of growing. I don't <laughs> want to grow anymore, yeah. but you never get there. You know, right. it's always the challenge. And, and if you want comfortable relaxation, get a massage, which is also a great thing to do. Nothing wrong with um, that. But that is not necessarily a self-care um, mindfulness or mental skills mindset workout, like yeah. you say. Yeah. yeah, no, 100%. And they're not the same. And also they're not, you know, mindfulness is not nearly as um, uh, soft slash woo woo as, mm -hmm. uh, as what people might think it to it's be. Not passive. It's not passive and it doesn't, you know, it can be sitting cross-legged and burning incense and that's yeah. cool. Uh, but it definitely does not have to look like that in any way, shape or form. Mm -hmm. I know for me, it doesn't look that way. So Stu, if people want to follow you on social media, how can they do that? I am most often on uh, Twitter and Instagram, both at uh, Well Performance is uh, is the name of my um, at Well Performance at Well Performance is the name of my company, and um, and that's where you'll find me. And I always say this: that whatever I put onto my social media will match up with actual theory and be be based in something. So um, I'm not going to quote um, Michael Jordan. And but if I feel like what he's quoting is only good for him because he mm -hmm. was an outlier of all outliers. For sure. <clears throat> I'm not going to put that, even mm -hmm. though I'm a big fan and yeah. I'm sure it did work for him. I'm going to only put things that I know have some foundation. So I hope that what you see there is helpful in, in supporting whatever path you're on, but it won't be, it won't be fluff. Yeah. Well, you're certainly not giving our athletes fluff, but I, I really not. appreciate your work. Thank so. you. Thank well, you. thanks for being on. This has been great. Thank you for having me, Josie. And it was awesome. Encouraging everybody to find what their mindset workout is. Yes. And be consistent with it. Yeah. Consistency is it compounds. Yes. All right. Well, thanks and have an awesome rest of your day. Thanks, Josie. Again, a big thank you to Stu Singer, as well as our producer, Graham Doty, and our editor, Chelsea Battle. If you're struggling at this time, please reach out to a licensed mental health professional in your area. And we want to hear from you about topics that you want to hear about. So please reach out to us at info at Let us know what would be helpful for you or your fellow athletes to hear about. Share this podcast with anyone you believe would be helped by it. Subscribe to it, rate it, and review it because that helps other athletes find the podcast. If you would like to know more about Holinsky's Hope, including how to donate to help with all that they're doing to support student-athlete mental health and reduce the stigma that surrounds mental illness, visit www.polinskyshope.org. Please take care of yourself, please take care of others, and always have hope. Mm -hmm.